Is Dennis Allen safe in New Orleans for the 2024 season and why this Sunday's game against the Bucs, in a way, is kind of sad because you look at this Tampa Bay team, complete opposite New Orleans, but in another way, and this is a good thing for us Saints fans, might be a little glimmer of hope. I'll talk about it right now on the Straight Up Saints podcast. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. What is up, Huda Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. It's your host, Chris Wazoglu, on this Thursday night, bringing you a little a little live stream till about, let's say, 9.15 Central Time. Uh, I know the Pelicans are playing right now, so we'll keep this one rather quick. But a lot to talk about with the Saints. We've got Dennis Allen's future uh, in New Orleans. If it's safe, if it's not, I think it's leaning one way when it should be leaning completely towards the other uh, the Bucs Saints game, I think you're looking at complete opposites in terms of the franchises and the way they decided to go directional standpoint into this year and how they're going to look coming out of it. But it could also mean a good thing for the Saints if they decide to reboot this thing. And uh, we'll talk about the last two weeks because I do think that to a degree, although it sounds extreme, the last two games of the 2023 season could very well dictate the next five years for the Saints. Uh, and it doesn't mean I'm trying to exaggerate. I, I genuinely mean that. So Let's get into this episode brought to you by Scott Fickner, Injury Lawyers. You've been injured in any kind of accident, car, truck, injury, or hurt offshore. Scott Fickner handles it all. Give him a call at 504-500-1111 for a free consultation. They'll always fight for the win. So I see some of you guys uh, in the chat, Jerry, uh, Nola Gang, uh, Margaret. So uh, shout out to you guys at this, I don't want to say late hour, but this decently late hour uh, coming in here to talk Saints football. Let's talk about DA. So there's been a plethora of reports over the last two weeks that DA is going to be safe. Now, it comes out with Ian Rappaport. He's the first one. He says Dennis Allen's in a quote-unquote good spot after the Saints got their ass kicked by the Rams on Thursday Night Football. Uh, Then Nick Underhill did a a variety of live streams over the last week, uh, and he said he thinks it's around like an 80-something percent chance that DA's back. He feels like DA's been told he'll be back. Um, and then that was confirmed by other people. You go listen to the Saints Block Party podcast. They talked about it. They said they've heard that Dennis Allen's most likely safe. So everyone's saying Dennis Allen's going to be safe, right? To me, if that is true, and I really do actually believe it is true, I know it sounds like I'm being a Debbie Downer. I think that makes the 2024 season somewhat irrelevant because this is what's going to happen, right? The Saints are going to go into that season with a head coach that we all know is not good enough. And maybe they'll make some tweaks, right? Change OC and act like that's going to fix everything. Their roster won't be as good as it was this year. They'll be older. They might lose a couple of players. They'll play a harder schedule next season. They're going to have to deal with the AFC West, the NFC East, uh, a team from the NFC West that's third place, so most likely Seattle, or second place, which might be the Rams, a team that is in the NFC North, second or third, so either the Packers or Vikings, and an AFC North team, which doesn't matter which one you get, Ravens, Bengals, Browns, uh, or the Steelers, hard matchup regardless, you're going to have a tough schedule, way harder than you had this year, with a coach who isn't good enough, with a roster that's going to get older and probably not be good enough, and you're going to realize midseason, well, this season's a wash, and then fire Dennis Allen when he should just be fired after this year. So that's why I think that it would end up making next year relevant because you're just prolonging the inevitable, which is getting to the point that Dennis Allen should be fired. So with that said, let's talk about why. And I'm going to take the feelings part out. I'm a very, I don't want to say emotional, but I am easy to get annoyed and irked when it comes to the Saints. And I think that when I go on certain rants, 
while a lot of it could be statistical driven, fact driven, whatever, I'll slip in my opinion, my, my feelings about something where that fan side kind of creeps in. But let's take that out of the, the equation for a second. There are so many reasons Dennis Allen shouldn't be back, and I'll just list a couple. For starters, the guy's record stinks, right? He's 22 and 46 all time as a head coach. He's never had a winning season. He's the reverse opposite of Mike Tomlin, right? Mike Tomlin never goes under 500. Dennis Allen never goes over 500. So that's a problem for him. He's now going to fail to win the NFC South, which is the worst division in football, for two years in a row. Bearing a miracle, he's going to fail to do that two years in a row. This year, Sure, they've beat the tomato cans, the bad teams, the duds, you might say. But how about against the good teams? They're 0-3. And how about the middle of the pack teams? They're 1-5. That, to me, is the most telling out of everything. Because I don't even think I could call the Saints mid, because against the mid teams, 1-5. Losing to the Vikings, losing to the Texans, losing to the Packers, losing to all these teams in that middle ground, like the Bucks, like the Falcons, that you should beat. And they don't do that. So those are the facts. His defense is getting worse. That is a fact. He, his quarterback choice in Derek Carr didn't elevate the team the way he thought it would. That is a fact. Now let's get into the feelings part. He's alienated the team and the fan base against each other. He decided to do that during that Bears-Giants run. I thought it was a stupid idea. He decided to go with it. That happened. That's not great. Low tickets. No one's going to the games right now as opposed to what was happening at the beginning of the year, what was happening in the Sean Payton era. That probably will be the biggest determining factor for Dennis Allen. I think if they lose to the Bucs, right, and they are 7-9 and nine heading into the finale, and that's an empty dome for a Falcons game, Saints might say, you know what, we're just going to make the financial move here to get rid of him. And let's start off with the last one, or end it, I should say, with the last one. He's not a good leader. If you don't hold your quarterback accountable, but everyone else gets held accountable, Chris Olave gets thrown under the bus, Alante Taylor gets benched on Thursday night, Trevor Penning gets benched for pretty much the entire season, uh, you know, he's disagreed with what Alvin Kamara has said at times. He's disagreed with what Michael Thomas has done before. If you can disagree with all those guys, but you can't hold your quarterback accountable, you're being a bad leader because you're not being consistent with your message. And I'm not saying Dennis Allen's wrong for benching Trevor Penning. I'm not saying he's wrong for benching Elante Taylor. I'm not saying he's wrong for saying certain players got to do their jobs, but he keeps one player out of that equation and doesn't tell him when he's not doing his job, when he needs to be better. And if I'm seeing that, the players are seeing that. And that can't be great. And I'll say it from now, whenever Dennis Allen inevitably, inevitably gets fired, whether it's today, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's in next year, whether it's in a, a week or two from now, something will come out and we'll hear more about how dysfunctional and lackadaisical things were in New Orleans. Not any scandals, nothing completely vulgar, just not being a good leader of men. And that's what you need in that building. So look, I, I agree with these reports. I do think Dennis Allen's safe. But Lord knows he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be at all. And I gave you all the reasons. And forget about my feelings about this. This guy never had a winning record. He's not capable of capitalizing in a bad division. So for me, that to me is where you draw the line. And is it worth keeping DA because you're trying to prove a point? And the longer you try to prove that point and be stubborn, the further you push out that ability to finally open up that championship window again. Because that championship window is sealed shut, and it's not going to open for years. I'm talking three to five years minimum. You can push this thing back even further if you decide to be stubborn and think that this Dennis Allen, Derek Carr, Pete Carmichael trio is going to take you to the promised land because we know it's not. So that's my little opening rant on this Thursday night. Uh, you know, And don't let this fool you. I've had a good Thursday night, but man, 
it's frustrating. It's frustrating to live in an NFL now where Bill Belichick, one of the greatest coaches of all time, is on the hot seat. Mike Tomlin, a coach who never goes under 500, is on the hot seat. And Dennis Allen, who can't go over 500 to save his motherfucking life, is apparently not on the hot seat. Like, this guy, there's nothing that can happen. Like, the fact that people have to say the Saints got to get blown out by the Falcons and blown out by the Falcon, uh, by the Bucks, excuse me, and that might change things is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. But that will lead me to my final point. I want to talk about this Bucks game coming up. Saints-Bucks, if the Bucks win, they lock up the division. You kind of tip your cap to Todd Bowles. They actually could use that final week as a bye week if they want, rest up for that wild card game because they'd be locked into that four seed. So Bucks have a lot to play for, obviously. This would be huge for them if they were to win that game, take over the division officially, and then get a rest for that following weekend. We'll start off with the injury report and this actual game, what I'm looking at, and then I'll get into the reality of why these two teams are opposite. But we're looking at the injury report. I'm guessing no Ramchek, no Marcus May, no Lattimore, no Michael Thomas. So those are some big names. Maybe Kendra Miller comes back. Maybe Peyton Turner comes back. As for the Bucs, probably no Carlton Davis, probably no Shaq Barrett. So that's the injury situation. For this game, I think it's kind of simple. You know, I'm looking at, can this secondary rebound from what was a pathetic showing against that Rams passing attack? And I'm going to be honest, I don't know if they can, because this Bucs passing game the last couple weeks has been cooking. Baker Mayfield's been cooking. Mike Evans has been cooking, and he won't have to worry about Marshawn Lattimore in this game. So that kind of hurts. Obviously, not just the Saints side of things, but the entertainment value, you know? This has been a bad season. I would like to see a good Mike Evans, Marshawn Lattimore battle, and we won't get that. So, obviously, can the secondary step up? That's something I'm looking at. Isaac Yedem, uh, whether it's Alante Taylor, guys that didn't play well last week, even Paulson Debo. How do you answer the call with extended rest, with extended prep? I'm curious to see how that goes. As for the Saints offense, you know, last time they played the Bucks, it seemed like Derek Carr was getting hit a pretty decent bit. Uh, seemed like he just was not comfortable. Now, that could have been the AC joint sprain. It could have been whatever. How does he bounce back against Todd Bowles' defense? And while we're at it, Dennis Allen, as the head coach of the Saints, has never beaten Todd Bowles. So, could he kind of snap that skid? We'll see. I know a lot of Saints fans are probably hoping no. So, forget about the game for a moment. Because this game, in reality, guys, I know this sounds depressing. What does it do, right? The Saints win. Hurts their draft stock a little bit. Bucks probably take advantage of the Panthers the following week, lock up the division, then it feels meaningless. And I, and I hate to be that guy. So I'm not. I'm going to try not to. But when I think of this Bucks and this Bucks Saints game, I don't think so much about the X's and O's as much as I think of the philosophies and the routes that these two teams took going into this season. So the Saints last year, seven and ten, pinned it on injuries and the quarterback. That's what they pinned it on. Lattimore was hurt. Michael Thomas was hurt. They had all these injuries, that hurt them, and we didn't like our quarterback, right? Dennis Allen didn't get along well with Jameis Winston. He could say whatever he wants. That's the truth of the matter. So he brings in his guy in Derek Carr. Saints were healthy the first 10 games of the season, like probably healthier than almost every single team, and it just didn't work. It hasn't worked. They went all in. They pushed the cap can down the road and said, fuck it, we're going in. The Bucks, on the other hand, said, you know what? Tom Brady just retired. Let's kind of, let's kind of take our lumps now. Let's take all the cap hits now. Let's take on all that dead salary. We'll go cheap at quarterback. We'll bring in Baker Mayfield. $8 million, but we're not guaranteeing him the job. He's got to compete with Kyle Trask. He's got to earn it. He's got to earn it. So they didn't go all in on quarterback. They decided to handle their salary cap situation now and get it over with. And that team could win a division title on Sunday. And the team that went all in 
could have their ass going home at seven and nine with no future, no playoffs in sight. And to me, the thing that separated the Bucs from the Saints didn't have to do with the quarterback spending, right? Because obviously the Saints just automatically lost the NFC South because they signed Derek Carr. That's not how this shit works. But the Bucs said this, look, we might take our cap hit. We might go cheap at quarterback. What we're not going to do, though, is keep the staff the same. We are going to make changes. And Todd Bowles brings in his new offensive coordinator from Seattle, who just had a great year with Geno Smith, and now Baker Mayfield's thriving. But what did the Saints do? The Saints said, hey, we're going to keep it with Pete Carmichael. Whether it's people didn't want to work with DA, or the Saints really felt like they should just run it back with Pete Carmichael, either way, that's a horrible situation. That's what happened with the Saints. So like I said, one franchise didn't spend that much at quarterback. Decided to take their salary cap problems on the chin and get it over with. And made changes. Brought in an innovative mind at offensive coordinator who could very well be a popular head coaching candidate this upcoming cycle. While the Saints went all in at quarterback. That was a whiff. Decided to keep Pete Carmichael. That was a mistake. And also said, you know what, while we're at it, let's kick the can down the road. Which prolongs the inevitable when you're going to have one season at some point where you get absolutely screwed to oblivion. Those are mirror opposites. Now, I did say there's some optimism for that. And the optimism to that is, at some point when the Saints decide to hit this reboot button, could be after this year, could be in two years, whenever the hell it is, I think the Bucs have shown you in a bad NFC South, there is a path to kind of getting your checkbook in order while still being a competitive team because that's what the Bucs have been this year. And if anything, the Bucs have been way more competitive than the Saints. And the reason I say that is, they've actually beat the mid-teams. They beat the Packers. The Saints failed to do that. They beat the Vikings. The Saints failed to do that. They beat the Jaguars. The Saints failed to do that. So there is some hope, right? You change up the coaching staff. Maybe that means DA's gone. You don't go all in at your certain roster. Maybe you bring in some guys on one-year deals. They over, they, I'd say, overplay their contract. That would be a good situation for the Saints. And at some point, you got to take your cap hits in order. It probably won't be next year. The Saints still got to maneuver some deals. So it'll probably be in the future. But the Bucs showed there is a way, a path to getting things in order, but also being a competitive football team at the same time. So if you want some glimmer of hope while looking at Tampa Bay's team, that's what I would take from it, that they've been able to do both. But it is fascinating. It's the first thing that comes to my mind when I think of this Saints-Bucks game. Besides the fact of the X's and O's and that Baker's you know, outplaying his contract and you know that, that they are really just outperforming expectations because I thought this was a team that would be in that Drake May-Caleb Williams sweepstakes and obviously they won't be. It shows that these two teams had different approaches. One was real- realistic. The other one was delusional. And the delusional guy got a harsh dose of reality. Because the Saints went all in. And I agreed the NFC was weak. But they were weaker. And the Bucks said, we're probably not going to compete. But let's kind of do a reboot. And look, they might make the playoffs anyway. While still getting, like I said, their salary cap situation figured out. So. It's frustrating. It's depressing. You'd like to be on the other side of the coin. But that's where the Saints are at right now at this point. So before I get into any comments that you guys have, before I wrap up everything, because like I said, I want to keep it relatively short. I know the Pelicans are playing at this moment if you guys are watching live. So I'm going to definitely want to turn it over to the guys here at Buku Media to cover that as they always do, and they do such a great job with it. I want to talk about these last two games. Because there's something to be said and needs to be said about overvaluing these two games if you're New Orleans. These two games should not be indicative of DA's, DA's future. 
It should be signed, wrapped, delivered, sealed, whatever fucking word you want to use, he should be gone. DA should not be the head coach of the Saints next season. But apparently he's safe, which is comical. And that leads me to this point. These, new, these next two games, as meaningless as they should be, because it should be a guarantee that this moron is fired after the season's over, they're going to determine the future. Because if the Saints go 1-1, one one, if the Saints go 0-2 but lose by like a combined 10 points in those two games, they're bringing back DA. Despite the fact that he's never gone over 500, despite the fact that 7-10 would be his best record, despite the fact that he'd lose a horrible division two years in a row, picking his quarterback, having the best roster in that said division, he'd get another year. Which is laughable that he'd go into year six of being a head coach, but that's what would happen. So at some point, whether it's this Sunday, or I can't believe I'm saying this, in two weeks against the Falcons, either the Saints got to get smoked in one of those games, or the ideal situation, the Saints end up losing to the Buccaneers, and that game against Atlanta, win or lose, that dome is empty. And I hate saying that. I don't want to say that. I don't want to see the dome empty. It bothers me. The Saints need to sell tickets. I think this fan base is one of the most beautiful fan bases out there in all sports. Forget about the NFL, all of sports. It pains me to say that. But if the Saints are refusing to wake up, and every time something bad happens this season, they decide to turn blind eye to it. And every time something good happens against dog shit, they decide to say, but did you see that? We beat the Giants. We beat the Panthers. Who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? Then that's what needs to happen. They got to lose to the Buccaneers and see the NFC South wrapped up before the final week of the season. And they got to go into that Falcons game against another coach who's on the hot seat in Arthur Smith, rightfully so. And that dome's got to be empty. And whoever's in that dome's got to boo the hell out of that team. Because this franchise, for some reason, had such high standards the last 15 years, will not hold them to that standard anymore. They're okay with going 7-10 and 10 in a horrible division. They're okay with losing every game against a team over 500. They're okay with not announcing their head coach because they know if they do that, his ass is going to get booed out of New Orleans. They're ducking the smoke. That's what they've been doing all season long. It starts at the top with ownership, trickles down to the GM, who ain't worth shit at the moment, and then the head coach, who's never been worth anything as a head coach. And again, I hate using names. I hate making it all about feelings. But these next two games will decide the Saints' future. Because mark my words, and I have been wrong about things before, but I will not be wrong about this one, and I wish I was. Because I want to be proven wrong. If the Saints don't fire DA, next season's already a wrap anyway. They'll go 5-12, and 6-11, something around there, and then they'll finally wash their hands clean of DA, but wasted a year of being able to bring in a coaching candidate that can give them the culture reset they need. Give them that kind of shock to the system that they need. Because this isn't working. And to bring it back, I think it's pathetic. You can tell when stuff doesn't work in the NFL. And I think for the Saints, if they do run it back, and it seems like they will, they're just going to give me Jets vibes. The Jets are running it back with Robert Sala and everyone, and I'm saying this as someone who is a uh, you know, born and raised New Yorker. He shouldn't be back. He's not a good enough head coach. And you can use the Aaron Rodgers injury as an excuse if you want, but he's not a good head coach. I don't know what excuse the Saints are going to use this year. The roster was pretty much healthy until the end. He got the quarterback he wanted. The division was lousy again. So I don't know what excuse you bring other than you say, hey, we don't want to make changes because we're a mom and pop shop type of operation. I have no idea. But this is it, man. 
This is it. These next two games are going to decide it. Either the Saints are going to do what they usually do, win one, lose one, or lose both closely, with one having a fake comeback somewhere mixed in there, and they say, we were so close. If we win those comebacks, we're a, we're 11-win team. That's what they might do. Or they get blown out, embarrassed to end the season. This team finally quits on this, this head coach, and they say, you know what? We got to make the change. And I, I pray it's the latter. I pray it's the latter. I cannot do another year of this. I cannot do another year of being a miserable football fan and not seeing any progress. Because I think the Saints are going to struggle next year anyway because the roster's getting older. They don't have cap flexibility. Their schedule's going to be brutal. So I think they're going to struggle anyway next year. But I want a head coach who could come in and establish his culture, make us see some optimism, that light at the end of the tunnel. There is zero light in this tunnel with Dennis Allen. I don't even think if it's a tunnel, I think it's a black hole with this guy at head coach. So that is why these last two games are so important for the New Orleans Saints. And it all starts with Sunday against the Bucs. So before I wrap it up and get any comments that you guys threw in here, and I'll go from there. We got Margaret saying, I think we'll be stuck with Carr and DA because of the deal with Carr. I think 2025, we will be changing. I think so. I think that's kind of, you know, what ends up happening for the Saints. Um, I'll say this. You can't, it might happen, and it probably will happen, but you can't give fans another year of DA and Carr. One of them's got to go. And honestly, I'd rather they get rid of DA than they get rid of Carr. For as much as Carr's annoyed me at times, with a different head coach, you can get me to get through one more year of Derek Carr with a different coach. I can't get through another year of DA. Two's more than enough. Margaret says, you know which contracts are up in the new year? So a lot of the veterans are coming back. The biggest name I would say that won't be a Saint next year is Michael Thomas. I'd be shocked if he's a New Orleans Saint next year. Uh, I, don't, I don't have that down sourced or anything yet, but I would be shocked if Michael Thomas is on the Saints, on the Saints next year. Max says, I think Pete Carmichael is going to be the scapegoat and we're running it back with very few changes because consistency over productivity seems to be Mickey and DA's motto. I agree with you. I, I think that's probably what happens. I think they get rid of Pete Carmichael either a mutually parted ways or promoting him to analyst or some bullshit that's not really a promotion and then bring in a new guy or promote someone like a Ron Curry. AI says them not using Kamara in the wide receiver package is a problem. You should have at least six receptions on top of just feeding the ball up the middle. Yeah, look, I've said this before. I think he's underutilized. And look, I don't think he's as explosive as a runner as he is or as he used to be. But there's no reason why he cannot, to some degree, give the Saints a really, really big boost in the passing game. And that's on coaching for not utilizing him in that role and giving him, whether it's an angle route, a wheel route, an option route, something diverse, instead of just a simple dump off. Max says, let's look ahead at which contracts are ending this year and next and who might retire, et cetera. I don't know about retirement yet, right? Like Cam should retire. They've given him an extension. Ramchek, I don't know how much longer his body's going to hold up. So that's something to, to think about. Pete's contract is up. What happens with him? Do they bring him back? Michael Thomas, like I think, is not going to be back. So Definitely some changes, but not a bunch, to be honest. I think you're probably running a pretty similar roster in New Orleans. Max says, Diaz accountability for everyone except Carr. It's dumb. I think the QB played well and doesn't deserve the hate he's been getting. Please. Yeah, I always said it was a dumb move. Don't, don't kind of puff out your chest after you beat the Giants. And then when you get smoked on national TV against the Rams, have nothing to say about it. And actually, when someone asked, you said, oh, I thought he played pretty well. I guess we're not watching the same games. So that seems to be the case with him. 
AI says, is keeping DA worth losing the rest of a good roster? Why would Loomis brag about the roster but not feel like a change needs to be made at head coach? I wish I knew. Now, look, I do think to some degree, and I'm resp- I'm part of this too, I think we overrate the talent of this roster. The more I watch the season, the more I'm like, yeah, the Saints don't have a top 10 roster. But this is a good enough roster to make the playoffs in a bad division. Like, there's no excuse why they're not going to be a playoff team this year. It's embarrassing they're not, they're not going to be. And it's a shame, and I think to some degree, I thought this coming into this year, and I'm dumb for thinking this, that it was playoff or bust for DA. Clearly it wasn't. The Saints want to bring him back regardless because they're a, a joke right now of a franchise. And it's a shame to say, but that's kind of where they've gone. So I think they've always said, hey, three years minimum with DA. And they've kept that to themselves, but that seems to be the plan right now. Margaret says, look what Peyton did to Russ. This is what Carr needs. He needs coaching, man. He needs coaching. And I, and I forgot who says it, but it's not a coincidence that a coach in John Gruden, and I'm not advocating for John Gruden. I, I could give two shits about John Gruden. But John Gruden's a pretty hard-nosed coach. Derek Carr played well under him. He, ha- he was accountable. And DA just lets him say whatever. Like, again, that's why I'm saying I could do one more year of Derek Carr. I can't do another year of DA. Is I think another coach would be on Derek Carr's ask, uh, ask and get him to play a little bit better football and at least be a better leader. Max says, who do you got at comeback player of the year? Hamlin aside, I think it's between Joe and Baker. So the problem with comeback player of the year is it's probably narrative driven, right? And that's why I may go to Hamlin and it's hard to say it shouldn't because obviously what the guy's been through uh, and if you keep it narrative based, if it's not Hamlin, then Joe Flacco because he comes off the couch and delivers uh, Cleveland to a playoff spot. But it should be Baker Mayfield. Uh, Baker Mayfield's been great this year for Tampa Bay. 26 touchdowns, 8 picks. Has played better than a lot of big-name quarterbacks this year. Has probably earned himself a big contract. I would say it's Baker. You know, people wrote him off, and he's done the damn thing. So he's had a Geno Smith-esque season. I think Baker deserves it. I don't think he'll get it, though. But I do think he deserves it. AI says, who's to blame? These players are setting record numbers. Olave made Saints history. Some kitty blame for a loss. Kamara has the most reception for running back. Well, we know who's to blame. It's coaching and management. I think it's pretty clear. Um, obviously, you you meant it as a rhetorical question. But the more you look at this team, it's easy to see who the problem is, who's the culprit here. AI says, even Carr has gotten into the red zone and shut us up at times. Then you have a coach who decides to be aggressive against the Rams and get his ass whipped while taking the game serious. <laughs> Man, DA, DA's getting lit up on a Thursday night here, which can't say that it's not uh, rightfully deserved. Max says, my prediction in the next two games, we miraculously beat Tampa, Tampa Bay. Then after being up at halftime against Atlanta and Tampa somehow losing to Carolina, we end up losing the Falcons in the fourth. Only us. I don't know. I do not know. Uh, it might happen, but I, I kind of think Tampa Bay beats New Orleans this weekend. Paul says, Thanks, Sean Payton, for a parting gift of DA. I hope that you never find the quarterback that you really need after the Russell, Russell Wilson debacle. That would be good, uh, good, right? Like, if we're stuck with DA after Sean Payton, then Sean Payton should take about 10 years to find his next quarterback. And I think what Sean Payton's doing with Russ is the right thing. I think it's time for them to move on from Russ. But I hope it takes a while. And I think it will take a while because Drew Breeses do not grow on trees. Margaret says, look at what Dan Campbell has done in Detroit. He changed the culture, changed the team in three years. We need the right coaching staff. I agree. That's a perfect example, Margaret. And that's what I'm meaning about 2024, uh, 2024, right? If you bring back TA, you're punting on next season because there's going to be no progress. There's going to be no culture reset. You're just running it back with a team that's on the on kind of the cusp of falling apart. 
and it'll probably fall apart next year, and none of us will be shocked, and we'll sit there going, we're only getting older, and we're wasting time. And that sucks. I, I would hate the Saints, hate to see the Saints put in that spot. Lob32 City says, Saints were so big on keeping this Super Bowl window open. I wonder not why they never pushed hard for Rodgers. I bet Sean Payton would have came back as head coach too. I mean, possible. It's it's possible that Sean would have came back in that situation, but I just don't think Rodgers is ever in the cards for them. I don't. And I don't think the Packers were ever thinking about trading Rodgers to a team in the NFC. And maybe I'm wrong about that. I just, I don't know. I kind of feel like that's probably what they thought about and at least what they were trying to do. Uh, AI says, three quarterbacks you'd like to see, Chris. Uh, do you mean quarterbacks like I'd like to see the Saints sign or the three quarterbacks on the roster next year? Because in reality, I think the Saints are probably bringing back a similar quarterback room minus Jameis next year. I think Jameis will probably go elsewhere, uh, be someone's backup, or maybe he has a chance to play at some point in the season. Kind of think of like a Jacoby Brissett, but more talented. Uh, I think that's probably what you're looking at. So I think Derek Carr will definitely be back in the Saints uniform next year. I'd imagine Jay Kane will be back next year. But um, as for who I'd like to see them go after, and that seems to be your question, obviously, you know, the pipe dream is Jaden Daniels. I think you have to give that dream up. Can they draft a quarterback like a Michael Penix? I don't know if that's the guy that they look at. Um, but I'd probably look at someone in the draft. I don't think you're signing anyone nor need to sign anyone because you're stuck with Derek Carr's contract. So that's probably it. You're probably looking at the draft. And, and since you asked about the draft, it's still a little early for my liking in terms of getting full on into it. But I'm looking at Edge. I'm looking at a Dallas Turner from Alabama. Uh, I'm looking at a Jared Verse from Florida State. Saints got to change up their MO. It can't be the same mold at defensive end. They got to get a little faster. But I would love to see Dallas Turner or Jared Verse in New Orleans. I think that'd be a good pick for them. I would never say no to Brock Bowers, man. I know you don't take tight end first round. I know you don't take tight end top 10. I would never say no to Brock Bowers. So uh, those would definitely be some guys that I would consider. But again... It all comes down to these next two weeks because the Saints draft order, they can boost up. Uh, just looking at the order right now for New Orleans, if they lose this Sunday, the Saints could, at best, fall to number eight in the draft order. Now, I don't number actually, yeah, number eight in the draft order. Now, I don't anticipate that on happening, but there is the reality, right? Because Chicago's in front of them. The Jets are in front of them, although the Jets seem poised to lose to the Browns tonight. So we'll see. But maybe the Saints sneak in to the top 10 of the draft order if they lose. Uh, if they win, obviously that makes that last week significant because if the Saints win and the Bucks lose to the Panthers, then they're in the playoffs. But it all starts with Sunday. If the Saints lose, man, I do not want to hear another DA safe type thing. It could happen, but I do not want to hear it. Um, but anyway, guys, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. As always, uh, stay tuned for more content here on Buku Media. And if you're a Pelicans fan, stay tuned. We should have something up here shortly. Uh, covering, uh, recapping, excuse me, the latest Pels game. But that's going to do it for us. We'll be back Sunday, New Year's Eve, I believe. Uh, we'll be back right after the Saints-Bucks game comes to an end and recap what happens there, win or lose, on the Straight Up Saints podcast, the destination for the Huda Nation. Have a great Thursday night, and we'll be back soon on Sunday to see if the Saints win or we get closer to hopefully the end of the Dennis Allen era.